what you need to think about is what does my audience need to know but about my business, about me, about my product, about the economy, about the landscape, what do they need to know about the industry before I show them what this product is so that they can self-select and say, yes, I'm a fit or no, I'm not. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the Boss Babe podcast, a place where we share the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. Today, me and Danielle actually hop into a solo episode and Danielle interviews me on all things launching. So we've had a lot of questions about this recently. I think as we've been getting through the new year, everyone's ready for that cash injection that you know a launch can bring. And so we've been getting a lot of questions on how to run a successful launch. And if you are running a launch, things aren't going as well as you'd planned. Maybe you're not making the sales. People aren't as interested what's going wrong and how do you diagnose that and pivot and turn it into something successful? So we put all of our cards on the table in this episode and we're just, you know, a full open book here. We want to share what we've learned with you. If you do want to take it a step further, there's a link below in the show notes, but you can head to bosso.com forward slash launch training. And I have a full training on there. I think it's 75 minutes. It's free. And I go into a lot more detail, but hopefully this episode is really, really helpful for you. And I'd love to know your feedback too. So drop us a review. Let us know if you like these solo episodes. And if you do, in your review, let us know what kind of solo episodes you'd like from us in the future. We've been talking about doing more of these, you know, definitely as I'm going through pregnancy, I'm like, I want to talk more about this experience and balancing things. So let me know from your perspective what you'd like to hear. And with that, let's dive in. Okay, I want to talk about launches. Okay. So we have two types of way we make revenue. Yeah. The evergreen, which is like things on repeat, they're in the background, they're running all the time. Yep. And then we do the launch model. Yeah. For those listening, going, what the hell is a launch model? Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So, like you said, evergreen model is where you're making sales very consistently. That's the model where you're making sales in your sleep and you don't have those often. And you don't have those big peaks and big troughs in your business. It's really consistent. Launches are where you get those cash injections. So the majority of businesses that are in a mature stage are doing both. So they have consistent revenue coming in and then they do launches to release new products, to bring in cash injections. That's something that they do. When you're in the earlier stages of your business, especially if you have a service-based business, you might opt to just solely do launches. And so you launch, you get a cash injection, you focus on servicing and delivery, and then you launch again. So there's lots of different ways that you can utilize launches and evergreen in your business model. And it goes for whether you have a service-based or a product-based. And the way you mix them together is your own unique business model. I love that. So let's like get down into the details of a launch. We've had six-figure launches. We've had seven-figure launches. What do you think makes a successful launch? What are the components? So there's four components to a successful launch. And people often think there's one. 
a launch. But there's four components that they have to be done correctly if you want to have launches that are successful and repeatable. And I say repeatable because it's really important to talk about that. If you are a one-hit wonder, if you launch once and you do a great job, but you can't replicate it, you don't have a sustainable business. So we have four stages to the launch model that we teach. It's audience building, pre-launch, launch, and playbook. So the first bit of launching is audience building. You need to build an audience you can launch to. Most people will skip that step. They'll skip the pre-launch and they'll head into launch and they'll tell me it's not working. And I'm like, okay, well, who are you selling to? Who's your audience? How are they reacting? Well, I haven't done that. I was going to do that during the launch. I was going to attract people to me. Newsflash, that doesn't work. You have to build an audience to launch to. And so you need to be thinking about your launch. I mean, at least three months out. So you build an audience to launch to, then you move into your pre-launch phase. Now, this is a very content-heavy phase. In this phase, you are really educating people for what they need to know in order to know if they are the, the right buyer for you or not when your launch comes around. So by the time you launch your product or service, the people you've been educating in the pre-launch phase should be a hell yes or a hell no. They should know. It shouldn't be as soon as, you know, as soon as launch starts, they start deciding whether this is for them or not. It's very clear a yes or a no. In the launch phase, that's where your cart is open. That's where you're making sales and you're very much in sales. You're not in education of here's what the product is. Here's why it's important. Here's who it's a fit for. And then the fourth phase is playbook. Now, this is really important if you want to have repeatable launches because you're going to do multiple things during this launch and you're going to learn multiple things during this launch. You're going to, let's say you create Asana templates, you create spreadsheets, you create presentations, whatever it is, you're going to have all of these assets, landing pages, processes, all of these assets that you've worked really hard on. You want to put these into a playbook, into a system that when you come to do a launch again, you can tap into this and you can see all of your launch learnings, all of your launch reflections and decide what things you're going to maintain, what things you're going to change for the next time round. Now, if we step back a little bit, one thing most business owners and people don't do very often is playbook their shit. <laughs> Whether that is, you know, playbooking the systems that you have at home or playbooking the systems you have in your business. Most people don't do that. And so when they lose an employee or they bring a new employee on, they get so overwhelmed by the knowledge gap. Whereas if you have a playbook, you can hand that to someone and they should be able to go ahead and replicate what you've done. Now, the same thing goes for launches. If you have a playbook, you should be able to give this to your team. You'll lead the, the vision, the direction and say, here's what we're going to pivot. Here's what we're going to change. But here's how it's done. And it shouldn't be reliant on you every single time to be doing it because that's how we build a successful, sustainable business. I love that. I'm here for the playbooks always because I really believe that. Like you say, if you wait to put it into systems too late, you just limit your scaling. But I want to come back to the pre-launch phase because I honestly feel like this is the bit that people don't get. They yep. don't really understand that. And one thing I see, particularly with new entrepreneurs, is they're like, okay, I've got an offer. Why are people not buying it? And I always like think it's like, think about water. It doesn't just boil. It has to have this like warm-up phase. What do you think are like key things to provide an audience in the pre-launch? Yeah, I mean, listen, we see it on a movie. Someone says, do you want to have sex? And the next minute goes in, the deed is done. That's not how it works. 
foreplay is very important, my friends. In which case, let's talk about a pre-launch like foreplay. You have to be doing this before you go into a launch. You have to be thinking about what it's going to take to actually get there and have a successful experience. And so what you need to think about is what does my audience need to know But about my business, about me, about my product, about the economy, about the landscape, what do they need to know about the industry before I show them what this product is so that they can self-select and say, yes, I'm a fit or no, I'm not. We need to do that because otherwise we end up spending our launch period educating versus selling. So your launch period should really be about selling and converting. So if we step back, let's say, you know, you're thinking about your launch, it's three months out. You're going to spend six weeks building a launch audience. So you've got that six weeks, you're building a launch audience. Then you might have two weeks. No, let's say four weeks, actually. We're going to be very generous with the pre-launch phase. Very generous foreplay here, friends. You've got four weeks where you are going to be prepping this launch. And so your first two weeks might be, let's say, let's use influencer school, for example. Something that was really, really important for us to educate our audience on when we were launching Influencer School was the creator economy. We know how much the creator economy is exploding and how much of an opportunity this is to get into, right? Not everyone knows it or has spent the time to really research and dig in. So we spent two weeks really solidly, I mean, we spent a lot longer than, but two weeks Every single day, there was a new piece of content that was purely educating people on what the creator economy is, why it's important, who it's for, why people should care or not care. And then the second two weeks of our launch period was, hey, we're running a webinar. Here's where you can sign up. So by the time our launch enrollment period started, which was our sales period, that's when our webinars kicked off. We knew how successful this launch was going to be. And we had launch numbers. We predicted launch numbers that were very, very accurate, almost to the dollar, because we have got enough systems and playbooking in place to know if we have X amount of people sign up, we are going to convert at X amount of rate if we've done our job properly, if we've educated well enough, if we've been able to have people self-select and say, yes, this is for me or this is not for me. And this is just the biggest thing people miss. So we have we have a free training on this that you if you're really interested in launch um in launching launch periods you know figuring out how to work this system there's a link below you can dive in there and it's a, a lot more detail but what i really want you to think about in this period is content 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 so whatever your content engine looks like whether you have a podcast instagram tiktok email list or just one of those things how is your content going to run how is your content calendar going to look in those weeks or months leading up to your launch. Now, some people might even spend three months in a pre-launch phase. It's totally up to you, depending on where your audience is at. I love this. I'm actually still stuck on the uh, foreplay analogy because I think that was just brilliant. Um, it's true though, right? No, it's You really see it true. on a movie, someone's like, you want to have sex? You kiss and then all of a sudden the penis is inside and you're like, that's not how it happens. Also, that's what we see online some, too. Someone has been dating. It's also like, you know, the audience is like, you're on a hinge, you're on Bumble, you're on those things. And it's like the funnel, right? So there's like all these men or women or like whoever you're going after. There's like loads of them. The audience is broad. Then you're like, okay, I'm going to select via height. I'm going to select via location. Okay, I'm looking for this. Entrepreneurs is mine. So you build your audience. So I'm building my audience. Then the pre-launch is like the dates, right? Again, I'm going to be like, 
this is what I have to offer. This is what I don't have to offer. <laughs> they can start self-selecting at that yeah. point. You know, those are interested will then go to like the next base. <laughs> exactly. It is exactly like that. But we often see, you know, on social media, someone opens cart and all yep. of a sudden there's buyers and success. And we don't often stop to think about what went into that. Whereas, you know, what we always say is success leaves clues. If you mm. want to look at how a successful launch is executed, great. Look at the content they put out during their launch period and look at the content that went out a month and two months before that. You can dissect someone's entire strategy and we do it all the time. We're always learning from different people, but you can dissect how they did it. Success always leaves clues. And I want to say one word that I think is really important with any launch, but pre-launch as well, is the value. You have to make sure you're an ad value add to someone's life, including on the dating sites, right? Yes. What value are you bringing? And I think that's really important. The other thing I notice about a lot of business owners is they forget to put themselves in the buyer's shoes like each and every single one of us buys so why when we're selling stuff do we forget about our own logic that we utilize when we come to buy like I don't just see something like oh I'm buying it straight away and particularly if that investment's like on the heavier side if you're selling you know an amount that's above like $200 let's say like I'm yeah. gonna be I'm a logical buyer too so I'm not necessarily purchasing with emotion I'm like okay like do I need this like what is the what is that actually happening in the market etc for me want to buy that but I think like when you start thinking about how you purchase and start applying that to your own launches. That's like a really key thing for you to do. I want to talk about numbers too, because we like to be very data-driven. You were just mentioning there, like, okay, well, like putting down what numbers that you expect. Some people are like, I do, I, first time I'm launching, how on earth am I supposed to know what I'm going to launch with? What are these numbers? What is your advice on people in that position? My first advice is if you're really serious about it and you don't know where to start, we have an amazing program called Online Launch School and I'll give you a bunch of baseline numbers in their Excel sheets. That's one way to do it. Second way to do it is I would run a soft launch to get your baseline numbers. So a, a soft launch might be, you know, you don't have the same runway, you're not doing all the same kind of pre-launch audience build all of that but you are launching very softly to the audience you already have and you're doing it with much smaller numbers but you're able to work out your conversion rates so whether it's you know you're sending people to a website and you're going to track how many people buy that's a conversion rate or you're sending people to a webinar and you're going to track how many people buy from there there's so many different ways to launch with the marketing landscape you know webinars challenges direct to website there's so many different ways of doing it figure out the way in which you want to do it properly and do a soft launch, get those baseline numbers, and you'll have a bit of an understanding of how things convert. And from there, that's where you can really scale up. Do you think there's a difference in running a five-figure launch, a six-figure launch, and a seven-figure launch? Or do the components remain the same and it's just like the volume that increases? There's definitely a difference. So a five-figure launch, you know, I've never done one of those personally. Like I've, I went straight to the six because I put so much like so preparation an in and a pre-launch we'd, we'd built the audience pre we'd be built the pre-launch but really we educated ourselves we didn't just jump into a launch we did courses we got mentorship we knew what we were doing going in because we knew we wanted yep. to have a big launch what I see with five-figure launches is there's not as much audience there 
And so it's it's a lot softer. There's not as much audience. And generally, it's like a, a one-man band. There's one person doing multiple different things. So you're not able to execute tons of things at the same time. A six-figure launch, you've really got your audience dialed in at this point, And you do have your pre-launch content dialed in at this point. And let's say, you know, six figures can go all the way from 100K yeah. to 999. Like big, big gap. So you are building your audience. You are building your pre-launch stage. And you're getting really good at uh, at that rhythm. Seven figure launch. It is very different. Now this sounds counterintuitive, but you do fewer things in a seven figure launch. You just do them at a bigger scale and you amplify them. So you do have team support. You're a lot more prepared. So you're planning things out ahead of time and you focus on the real needle movers. When you are figuring out how to launch and what launches look like, you're often throwing spaghetti at the wall. You are doing multiple things and figuring out what works. And what you should be doing at the end of each launch is saying, okay, did that initiative drive sales? Did that initiative move the needle? And you'll often find there was one thing that drove 80% of your sales and there was five things that drove 20% of your sales. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is one of my favorite self-development platforms and I want to take a minute to talk about it because it's a place that I continue to refer back to every time I'm looking for inspiration and education. So if you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love it. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every single month. I recently enjoyed watching Anna DuVernay's class titled Reframe Your Thinking. She's an award-winning filmmaker and she walks you through how to reverse engineer a plan to defy your limits and reach the goal that you have in your vision. So not only does Masterclass have really tangible business development classes, but also includes classes in 10 other categories like food, woman lifestyle, music, wellness, design, so many more. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. Right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now, masterclass.com slash boss babe. Masterclass.com slash boss babe. This year, learn from the best to become the best with Masterclass. The theme of this year at Boss Babe is keeping things simple. 2024 is already off to an incredible start. Team Boss Babe is coming off a huge launch that felt so easy, so stress-free and honestly energizing, which says a lot. Quick backstory, last year we did a full platform audit of the subscriptions, platforms and products we were using to run everything behind the scenes and basically cancelled 75% of our subscriptions to go all in on one platform, Kajabi. Listen, you guys, when I tell you I did the research, I did the research. Kajabi is our podcast sponsor and one of the main reasons we had effortless checkouts and an amazing customer experience during our most recent launch. The platform has everything you need to build a business online and allows for unlimited ways to diversify your revenue, build your brand, and turn your audience into paying customers. We actually used to have a custom membership platform. We moved all of our membership to Kajabi and it looks better and functions way easier than ever. We also used to have different platforms for things like landing pages, funnels, email campaigns, 
checkouts, you name it. And it is a breath of fresh air to have everything in one place in Kajabi. There's no need to have multiple platforms with Zaps tying them all together. Instead, I really encourage you to go all in on one platform and I'm the biggest fan of Kajabi. They typically don't have extended free trials like this, but right now you can head to kajabi.com slash boss babe and get started with your free 30 day trial. That's K-A-J- abi.com slash boss babe for 30 days completely free to play in the platform and see if you love it just as much as we do that's kajabi.com slash boss babe what i really recommend if you want to scale up your launches is you keep getting rid of those things that drove the 20 percent of your sales and you go all in with that thing that drove 80 percent of your sales so whether that was podcast sponsorships working with influencers doing a webinar, solid email campaign, whatever it is, there's going to be one thing that really moves the needle for you. What I see with seven and eight figure launches is they know what that needle mover is and they put all of their energy into doing that. So let's say the needle mover is a webinar. You you run one webinar, it does really, really well. And you notice 80% of your sales come from there. Even if, you know, there's an email sequence running afterwards and people are buying from the email sequence. When you drill it down and you take a look at it, 80% of your buyers were on the webinar. Did they all buy on the webinar? Probably not because like you said, there's a difference between an emotional buyer and a logical buyer. Your emotional buyer will buy on the webinar. They'll buy quickly. A logical buyer probably needs to be sent a few more emails, a few more testimonials, some social proof before they're fully over the line. But they've got a tag saying they attended the webinar. So you can really say, okay, the webinar was the thing that really moved the needle there. They just needed that backup. So you did that one webinar. You did a really, really good job. Well, in your next launch, why don't you do two webinars? So you open up another time slot. Why don't you do that? Would your sales double or would your attendance half for each? Instead of having a thousand on Thursday, like you did, will you have 500 on Thursday and 500 on Friday? Or will you have a thousand on Thursday? and a thousand on Friday. You'll never know unless you do it. And so it's little things like that. You double down on what's working and you go deep on what's working. Let's talk about that mindset as well, because this is one thing that I see a lot with entrepreneurs. They like talking about the things that are going well, but they avoid the things that are not. And what I believe to be true is when you avoid the things that are not, you don't give them chance to learn and grow. And I think that's what's really important, you know, in this, the last stage of a launch is the playbook. And part of that playbook is reviewing the things that went well looking like actually looking at oh this didn't go that well and that's okay yeah I think like there's a lot of pressure on everything to be perfect all the time versus like oh do you know what we did that was absolute shit we're not doing that again what a waste of time but like learning from that how do you like let's talk about how we've instilled that within our team because I think that's a big mindset shift for a lot of people yeah so when you're going into a launch and you're trying something new I think it's really important to go into this communicating to everyone that we're going to try this. It's a risk and it really might fail. And our team is so used to hearing me say that. I say it all the time. I have this idea, you guys. I really don't know if it's going to work. It could totally flop. And if it does, that's okay. But at least we've tried it. You don't want to try too many things in each launch. You want to just stick to adding a couple of different things so you know what moves the needle and what doesn't. But you have to make that failure okay and learn from it, like you said. And what's the number one mistake you see people making in launches? The number one reason that launches fail 
is they didn't have the right pre-launch phase in place. They didn't educate their audience well enough to create the demand for when the doors opened. So if your launch isn't working, it's probably not the fact that anything you're doing during your launch, it probably started way before that. And my guess is you probably skipped over the pre-launch phase because the amount of work you're putting into the launch phase was so overwhelming and so tiring. Do you think that no matter what company you run in any industry, this formula can be applied to all of them? I really, really do. And it goes into everything in life. Preparation is everything. Let's even talk about, we'll move away from sex. Let's talk about podcast days, right? I was enjoying the sex conversations, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about our podcast days. We're sitting here. We record multiple podcasts in one day. We have multiple guests coming in. This day is a success before we've turned up. Correct. Because we've booked our guests. We've done the research. We've prepped all of our questions. We've prepped all of our outfits. We've done everything we needed to do so that on the day we show up and we execute, right? So that goes for launches in every single industry. Preparation is absolutely everything. If we just hired a studio and turned up on the day, might we get some good content? Maybe. If you, you know, open doors and you launch something just randomly, might you get some sales? Maybe. You probably will. You probably get a couple from people that are like, sure, I trust you. Let's give this a shot. But preparation is absolutely everything. If you do not have an audience to sell to, who is going to buy? If you do not have an audience to sell to, who is going to buy? So when you are going into your pre-launch phase, you should already have that audience. You shouldn't be worrying about having audience, getting signups. That shouldn't even be something that's in your mind because it should already be built. So one thing that I recommend, which again, the free trainings link below, please go watch that if you are interested in more of this. One thing that I would recommend is creating a lead magnet. So when you're in your audience building phase, you create a lead magnet that's essentially a dialed down version of what you're launching. So let's say you're launching a course on motherhood, right? Becoming a mother. Let's just say that. I've been looking at those courses. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're launching that. Your freebie would be a mini version of that. So it might be 10 things I wish I knew before I became a mother, whatever it is, right? So again, leading with value. Leads with value. And it shows that this is applicable to every industry. This I don't is want your to, dating profile. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to just pick an industry that we're in. This is this is exactly your dating profile. Now, people are going to see that lead magnet and they're going to self-select. Yes, this is for me. No, this is not for me. The people that opt in during your audience building phase, those are the people that are interested in the product that you have even before they know the product is coming. So you build that list during your audience build phase. Then when you move into the pre-launch phase, it's not about, can I get more lead magnet signups? Can I bring more people into the funnel? It's about, okay, I have this person's attention. What am I going to do with it? How am I going to tell this person the the landscape, educate them on the product, educate them on me and why I'm the right person to teach. How am I going to do that effectively so that when I say, hey, I've got this product, doors are open, they're going to say yes and move into it. I love this because I think like putting it into those analogies and letting people see a launch isn't just in those two weeks that you're launching and all this pre-work, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It, it really is the same case here. But even when you plan everything, even when you're like, okay, I've read all the books, I've done all these things, and I'm in a launch, and it's not going quite how I expected it to. 
let's talk about pivoting Mm -hmm. because I believe that as an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to pivot and change in the moment. When you start seeing, you've got your numbers already sitting there. You're like, okay, I I estimate I'm going to have this many people in my funnel, this many people here, this many people here. You're not hitting those things. The worst thing that you can do is not change at all. So let's talk about, you know, we've had moments like that. We've had moments Mm -hmm. like, oh, hang on, this isn't landing as we expected it to. So let's talk about how you adapt in the moment. Yeah, exactly. So if you've done everything right, if you've built your audience, if you know that the content you put out during your pre-launch period was really, really good and you're in a launch period and you're like, I'm so confused, no one's buying. My guess is you either have a messaging problem or an offer problem. If you have a messaging problem, it means that your message isn't landing with your audience. They are not understanding if this is for them and what it's going to do for them. They're not seeing the transformation. If it's an offer problem, it might be the name of the offer, the price of the offer, the duration of the offer, the way the offer is packaged. So it's probably one or the other, because if everything else was dialed in, you know that's right. So it's really, really important to pivot very, very quickly. And something we say a lot is having strong opinions loosely held. And we had that that echo to us this morning. I often have very strong opinions loosely held in that I I will be really bullish on messaging going into something. And the minute that I see it doesn't working, uh, that it isn't working, I pivot and I'm willing to scrap the message and start completely from scratch and see what works. And I will say, if you do your pre-launch right, you can mitigate a lot of this risk going into the launch because you're almost testing mini messages during the pre-launch. And we've had times where, you know, actually, again, we had a podcast earlier today. We weren't changing the product, but we were changing the wrapping paper. Mm -hmm. So we're still giving the same gift, but sometimes you have to change the color from green to red to blue to stripes. And you have to think about it like that. I think a big mistake that entrepreneurs make is like, oh, hang on, my product is completely wrong. No, your product's not necessarily wrong, but it's how you've wrapped it. The presentation's not quite right. Just like, you know, if you're giving a guy a present, you might choose a more masculine way of wrapping it. And same as if you were giving a woman a present, you might choose some different colors or you know what she likes. And I think that's also really important that you don't always have to change the whole funnel and all the way down and into the product, et cetera. You can just change those top layers. Yeah. And so an example of this, remember when we were, we built an audience and we were in our pre-launch phase and then the pandemic hit. Remember in 2020 in March? So we were set to go into a launch. I think it was a week or two. Oh yeah. A week or two after Mm. the pandemic hit. And we'd done all the work leading up to it. We've been in pre-launch for months. We'd really done all of the work and the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, we knew if we go out the gate with the same messaging that we've always planned to go out with, it isn't going to land because people are in a different mindset. And we had to go back to the drawing board, even though we'd done everything right. So those, those things do happen as well. And I think that's like that conscientious decision to listen to your environment too. Mm -hmm. I think being part of... um, Um, being a successful entrepreneur is listening. You should be listening more than you're speaking at times. And, you know, if we think back to that moment, there was a two-week, like, night and day. (laughs) One minute we were free, next minute we were locked in. And if you remember back to that, that was when we were like, hang on a minute, 
what is happening. We're wiping down groceries. Like your, your basic needs were being challenged. So if we come out with the wrapping paper, like, oh, this is a nice to have, people are not going to choose that. Whereas if we wrapped it in a, hey, this is going to fulfill your basic needs and allow you to feel a bit safer, then people are going to start going, oh, hang on a minute, should I pay attention to this? Totally. And we really need in that moment to go back and think about the product. Is this product really what people need yeah. right now? Is this going to support them? And what we ultimately decided was no. We Can we sell it? Probably. We're very good at marketing. Is it an integrity to do so? No. So what we did was we scrapped it and we created yeah. an entirely new product created within a, a brand week. brand new product. That and was insane. We were living together at we the time We were living well. together. Thank goodness. And we decided to put this out for free. We didn't even yeah. charge for it because we were like, this is what feels most in integrity for us. And it doesn't mean we did end up launching the product that we'd been planning on launching, but we'd pushed it off until we felt like we knew it was really something that people needed. Because when you're selling from an authentic place, it's so much easier and it's so much more fun. And so for us, we were like, let's push this off until it feels good and feels really authentic. For now, let's let's show up in a way that we know we can show up in support. And we learned a lot about the market and the way people are feeling by doing that as well. And I think, you know, you know, I love an analogy, but I think that wrapping in integrity, yeah, wrapping in integrity is really important. So let's say you were giving a gift of a basketball and you wrapped it up and you, someone could see it was round. They're going to have some like, idea to what to expect. They might not know the color underneath it or any of those details, but they've got a rough idea. And I think that's really key. Like don't put the basketball in a box and confuse someone and get them to buy something thinking they're expecting a square gift and it totally. turns out to be round. So I think that's actually just a really important emphasis. We're talking about like wrapping things up, but it's not so far from what's actually underneath, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's not, it's never about promising one thing and delivering another. It's always about really the messaging is how do I communicate more to this person if this is a good fit for them or communicate more to this person if it's really not a good fit for them. Because the best messaging is polarizing. The best messaging you put in front of someone and they can say right away, that is for me 1000% or that is really not for me. And that's what we really want to be doing with messaging. And often what we do, the mistakes we make is we don't make it clear enough who it's for and who it's not for. We try to include everyone which firstly doesn't work because no one's going to self-select and we don't speak enough to what we understand about those people. And so when we talk about pivoting messaging, when we talk about wrapping paper, it's how can I really tell them fundamentally this is for you or it's not for you and do it on a, on a better basis. When you speak to everybody, you speak to nobody. Exactly. You really don't. And here's another thing too. When we talk about having repeatable launches, what we're really talking about is having a business that's scalable, having a a business that you can continue to sell the same thing over and over and over again. If you are a really good marketer and you are selling this thing to someone that they don't really need, they're probably not telling their friends about it. They are probably not repurchasing it and they probably don't think too highly of you. That is not building a business that is going to stand the test of time. Building a business that will stand the test of time is when you sell someone something, they get so much value out of it that they cannot help but sing from the rooftops about how good the product is, how much it changed their life, 
and how much they would really recommend you to someone else. That's really, really important. And that's, you know, when we think about Boss Babe and we think about why we've been able to create the brand that we have and the loyalty that we have with our incredible clients, it's because we always put them in their experience first. And we have, you know, that we go against what the normal industry standard refund policy and all those things are. You know, we often say, listen, give it a shot, 30 days. If you don't like it, we'll give you all your money back. We're not interested in selling you something that you don't need. We'll give you your money back happily. And it means that people get a chance to get in there, try it. If it's not for them and they don't like it, they get their money back and there's nothing lost. But if it is for them, they can really, really use this tool to grow, to learn, and they're going to tell other people about it. And they'll come back and buy repeatable. Exactly. Really, really important. Okay, so if people come to this training, if they want to learn more about launches, they come to this training, what are they going to learn on that training? So what I actually do on this training, I think it's about 75 minutes. Basically, I break down the four-part launch framework. So audience building, pre-launch, launch, and playbook. I tell you what you need to be doing in every single area. Because I, listen, I have playbooks for playbooks. So I have a playbook for audience building. I have a playbook for pre-launch, for launch, and for the actual playbook area. So basically, I just spend the whole 70 minutes going through and listing out what you need to do in every single area so that it clicks and makes more sense. And also, I think it's really important. Like, there's a lot of trainings. They'll take 75 minutes of your time and they'll be like teaching for 20 minutes and like Here's the why for 25 minutes. (laughs) We are over that. Our trainings are like no fluff, no BS. We are getting into all of the details. So I can guarantee you guys, if you're going to come to this training, you are going to leave with a notepad full of notes in there. Yeah. I'm not interested in wasting anyone's time or wasting my own time. So listen, it's really, really good. You know, on there, you will learn a lot about launches. And if you want to take it a step further, we'll show you how to do that as well. But it's, I think it's one of the best launch trainings out there because it really breaks it down for someone that doesn't understand launches fully. Because I remember when I first got into this, I didn't understand what a launch was. I didn't understand the difference between launching and evergreen and which kind of model would suit my business. So I really try to break it down to the bare bones and help you decide what kind of model would suit you best. Well, thank you, Natalie, for being a guest on the Boss Babe podcast. We'll invite you back again for sure. <laughs> I hope, really hope so. <laughs> and like we said, links are um, below. Um, if you want to attend that training, it is going to be absolutely incredible. And like yep. we say, we promise you will leave learning things that you can apply directly to the business. We give templates, all the things in there. We don't hold yep. back. That's the real thing about Boss Babe. We live by that. We give you everything that we've learned and needed along the way. So... Thanks very much for coming on. You're welcome. And if you have enjoyed this episode, I'm going to link you to another one that you're going to really like. Natalie shares some incredible details all about launches. So click down here so you can watch that. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you subscribed and left us a review. Let us know what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and who you'd like to see appear on the show. As a special thanks, we'll send you a copy of our Boss Babe 25. Now this is an awesome resource. It's the 25 essential things that you need for personal and professional growth. We've included everything from must-have products to books to rituals. This guide literally covers it all and I know you're going to love it. So if you want your copy, simply leave us a review and then send a screenshot of your review to podcast at bossbabe.com. 